Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining me for episode 34 of the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. Thanks for listening. I'm always appreciative that you're able to take the time to join us here at Social Impact CX and listen in. This episode is the second half of my conversation about the subject of service design and how service design relates to customer experience work with a very special guest, Carrie Bodine, who happens to be an expert on the subject of service design as well as customer experience work. And in this episode, there are some great nuggets and takeaways, I think, especially if you are new to service design or if you're working in a social impact or nonprofit environment and are interested in bringing in a design or more specifically a service design perspective to your work. I think there's some great stuff in this episode. For my moment of gratitude, before we get to the other half of my service design discussion with Carrie, I'd like to thank both Mark Stickdorn and Jakob Schneider, who put out a great book a few years ago called This is Service Design Thinking. I I believe it was published back in 2011. If you're not a designer or a design professional, the book is a bit design-centric or design-geeky, which is, of course, you know, to be expected. But the book contains contributions from many, many professionals in the field of service design, And I think it's a great resource, a really a great primer if you're looking for a source to get started with service design, which is it's a really relevant concept in many nonprofit and social impact endeavors. I know it has proved to me to be a very valuable resource. And among the contributors to the book, there are several service design professionals from Scandinavian and Nordic and Northern European countries where it seems that service design concepts are commonly baked right into public offerings from government and the products and services from private businesses as well. And those experiences from those cultures and those different settings uh, offer really interesting insights. So if you're interested in service design, a copy of the book, This is Service Design Thinking, which contains insights from a whole host of service design professionals, might be a good investment. Um, I consider the book a really a reference document on my bookshelf. So let's get back to the discussion with Carrie. If you are thinking about intermingling customer experience work with service design concepts, then I can also wholeheartedly recommend Carrie's book, Outside In. It, it would be a great counterpart to This is Service Design Thinking on your bookshelf. Uh, Outside In is a fantastic read and a truly foundational resource in the customer experience world, at least in my opinion. I think it's a great book. If you've not read it uh, already, you should really check it out. Carrie is a busy consultant and seemingly always on the move and working with interesting clients in addition to her speaking engagements with which take her around the world. Uh, you can keep up with the latest and greatest from Carrie at her website, carriebodine.com, and you can also follow her on Twitter where her handle is at Carrie Bodine. So with that, let's get to part two of my service design conversation with customer experience expert, Carrie Bodine. I think this second half of the conversation is even more interesting 
than the first part of the discussion. I hope you enjoy. The the journey is key. The, the journey is, um, for me, the, 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 the fundamental unit of, of service design. Um, I, I, I don't know this for a fact. I, I can't go back in my time machine. Um, but my understanding of how the fields evolved, um, there was a, a woman, Shelley Evanson, who was actually a, um, a visiting professor while I was at Carnegie Mellon. Um, she created the first journey map that I had ever seen. If you, if you see that Starbucks journey map that floats out and around the world, um, I believe that was created by Shelley Evanson, and she was one of the founders of the service design community globally. Yeah. And... Um, so it's it's my understanding that you know all of the talk about journeys that we have in the customer experience world came from service design. That that's you know the the origin of that concept. Yeah. Again, don't don't um, you know uh, put me up in, uh, against a firing range and and make me defend that um, because you know it's it's based on my own experience working with Shelley and and how I came um, you know into um, these these fields. You know, about 15 years ago, but um, but again, that that is my understanding of of how these these things evolved. Um, I would say the other really key aspect about service design is the concept of co-creation. So co-creation is essentially getting the people who are going to be delivering whatever journey or service involved in designing it. So. Let's say you're going to, you know, host a um, uh, a marathon, uh, you know, fundraising event. I don't know why I'm latching onto this. I, I guess I, I've done a couple of these. Um, I participated in a couple of these in the past, so it's easy for me to talk about. But you know, you've got the organization, you know, the the charity that is, you know, um, you know, kind of the the main central organization. But then you've got volunteers who are helping you train and you know, giving you water along the routes, and you know, there's all kinds of different people involved and you know, partners and sponsors and, and all of this. And so, you know, rather than just saying, okay, volunteers, here's what we've decided you must do and you must follow these steps and X, Y, Z. You bring volunteers into the design process and say, hey, what are, what are your needs? What are your expectations as you're coming into um, this process? And, um, you know, what, how do you think this should be designed? And you know, what would make this a good experience for you as well? Because that's the thing in, in an ecosystem, and, and this is why I love the ecosystem concept so much, um, because you can relate it directly to you know, where, where it comes from, na a natural ecosystem. You know, every part of an ecosystem is getting its needs met. It's not the trees getting its needs met at the expense of the squirrels or the snails or the moss or whatever everything has to live in um in symbiosis with everything else and you know when one thing dies another thing gets energy when you know one thing gets you know sunlight it's creating shade for something else that needs shade and and the same thing has to happen in um an organizational ecosystem you know you can't just be focused on you know in, again in this um example the the runners who are doing a marathon and and make it a crappy experience for the volunteers or for the sponsors or whoever um, you know you need to make this a great experience for everyone make sure everyone's getting their needs met in some way and feeling really great about it and you're not going to know that unless you bring all of these different people into the design process 
I think that is that's such an important point to understand. And the concept of the ecosystem is so important to understand. And also, I, I mean, it, things, sometimes I think in the nonprofit and social impact environment, there's a interest or a desire or a want to do something that might not be sustainable. And, you know, you have to bring that lens to what, what the role of that is in the ecosystem then too. And can, can the ecosystem grow and change to make it sustainable as a nonprofit or a social good organization? Or is that something that you're going to have to think about in a more creative or different context? I, I think those are relevant conversations um, frequently in, uh, uh, in nonprofit and social impact work. So, um, Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the stakeholders, are, you know, are, of course, not just, you know, the, the people at, at one event. They are um, people working within the organization, people who are managing, you know, their overall finances and directors, you know, um, you know boards that, that oversee whether or not an organization is truly meeting its mission. Um, you know, everyone, everyone needs to be playing a role and, and making sure that, that the entire ecosystem is really moving in, in the right direction. Yep. Yep. And, and so to be customer centric or donor centric or patient centric or stakeholder centric, whatever that is to you, um, uh, that, you know, it's, I, I think co-creation is probably absolutely critical to understand how you bring that centricity to, uh, and, uh, to what you're doing and then how service design is related to that. Absolutely. So in this world of design, though, we've been talking about service design. There's also design thinking. So <laughs> could, we, could you spend just a moment talking about what's the difference between design thinking and service design. Yes. Um, honestly, again, I, I could just create Venn diagrams all day long for all of these different Hard disciplines. To do on a podcast, but yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, design thinking, I would say, is, is really similar. Like if, if you took a, a service design methodology and you, uh, you know, diagram and you took a design thinking methodology diagram, I would say that they are, they're going to be very similar. I, design thinking can, is, is essentially, I, I would say, probably a, a superset of, of service design. Um, and you can apply design thinking to um, the, the kind of classic example um, that you can find online is IDEO designing a new shopping cart. And so, you know, that, that's different. It's, it's designing a product. It's designing a, a product in a more customer-centric way. It's designing it with empathy for, for who's going to be using it, which is certainly a component of, of service design as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we're, we're looking at perhaps just uh, a product or a single touch point um, instead of service design, really really looking at, again, uh, a, a true end-to-end -end journey or you know, a goal, a task someone would be trying to accomplish. So I would say the example is design thinking could be applied to the shopping cart, service design would be applied to the entire shopping experience right. um, from you know, making your list to getting into the parking lot, shopping in the store, checking out and, and getting home. Right. You know, there, I've done some training in design thinking and a couple of things that at least come back to me as a non-professional designer layperson, though, is that from the design thinking world, the, the term human centered keeps coming back. And not that that's not relevant to service design work, but design thinking usually is also talking about human centered focus. 
Um, and, and then also what keeps popping back from my design thinking um, um, training is the concepts of uh, desirable, feasible, and viable. Um, yeah. And uh, those get into some specifics then about what you're working on, on designing. And so, uh, and, and actually if, if you as a listener, if you're new to either one of those, um, there's some, you know, the, there's resources. If you read about what IDEO has done in the world of design thinking and um, as Carrie mentioned, the Service Design Network, I think is a great place to start if you want a primer or a place to go begin researching or learning more about service design. Um, I, it's, th these are all interrelated concepts and they're all extremely interrelated with customer experience work. The one thing that I would wanna wanna leave you thinking about in in you know as you mull over all of these different concepts, because I, I know we're throwing a lot at you in this podcast too, um, with all these different terms and Venn diagrams and things. But I, I think it's important to realize that there for, for all of these things, no matter where they're overlapping, there is a methodology and there's a mindset. So, you know, the methodology includes things like going out and doing customer research and um, brainstorming lots of different solutions and doing prototyping and testing and things like that. And all of those are gonna be common, whether or not you're looking at um, service design or customer experience design or design thinking. Um, but then there's also this commonality of the mindsets that, you know, and, and I think being human centric is again, one of those things, you know, we, we have to truly try to get into the shoes, into the hearts, into the minds of whoever we are creating something for. And again, really understand their needs, their expectations, their motivations. You know, why, why are they doing this race in the first place? You know, someone who just wants to have, you know, some uh, you know marathon under their belt is going to be very different than uh, have very different motivations needs perhaps um, than someone who just had a relative die of you know a certain um, illness that they're they're fundraising for and they might have again very different needs and expectations for what the experience is than going through that you know entire journey and so um, you know the the mindset is is such an important part and there's more elements of, of the mindset as well. It's not just being um, human centric. There are things like um, believing that your first idea is not going to be the right idea. Um, and that's why you do lots of brainstorming and prototyping and testing and things like that. But the, the, the idea of being human centric and, and developing empathy for whoever you're creating something for is, is truly, I would say, the kernel of everything that we're talking about today. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, well, you touched on one thing uh, as you were riffing there on many things, and I think it is absolutely worthwhile to go back and talk about uh, how you engage with executives and leadership when it comes to this concept of design. Because I think for design to be successful, it does need to be a key part of culture. And whether you're embracing service design or customer experience design or design thinking, buy-in um, from leaders and managers uh, is absolutely critical. So given that you've worked with a bunch of different organizations, what sort of wisdom can you share with us about um, if someone's engaging in customer experience work or even design work in their organization and is new, 
how should they approach this topic of service design or any sort of design um, with top decision makers? And, and uh, how, how important is that to success? It's, it's critical to success. And I, it, honestly, it's, it's probably, I would say, the biggest challenge um, that, that you'll face when, when it comes to doing this work. Because design in a lot of people's minds is uh, equivalent with, I would say, um, you know, being an artist. Um, or, you know, being able to be a, a painter or, you know, being able to have great interior design skills or fashion design skills or something like that. And so when, when a lot of people hear the word design, they tend to shut down a little bit and, and I think, you know, believe that it is not going to be a, a hard enough discipline in order to truly make changes uh, that, that are going to benefit, you know, what, whatever, whatever mission or, um, you know, financial goals that the organization has. Um, it, it has the, I guess, just baggage that, that goes along with design in our society to, to feel like something that, you know, isn't as, um, you know, it isn't as, meaningful or important as statistics or, um, you know, quantitative data or, um, you know, you know, some other, some other discipline, um, technology. I totally agree. A little personal anecdote. I, I myself have actually worked with an organization where we got customer experience. We, we sold that concept and got buy-in and, and real interest and engagement from C-level execs on that. And I got asked in front of the whole C-level team, Somebody said, well, what's next after this? And I looked back at them and I said, design. And there, were, there was, the room fell silent and there was a whole conference room of, of eyes just looking back at me and there was no response. <laughs> I was like, okay, we've got some more work to do on this. But uh, the, the sponsorship and communication and engagement with executives is, is more important than I think anybody understands. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I, I think that this is where I like to quickly turn um, my, my language uh, a little bit um, in terms of uh, the, the actual word choices that I'm using. And, and, and so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, completely pretend that we're not doing design. I mean, design is a thing that's out there and, you know, that, that's what we've been talking about, um, you know, for, for quite a while on this podcast now. Um, but, I, but so I don't want to pretend that it doesn't exist and that's not what it's called. Um, and in fact, I, I, I was um, interviewed for a book um, several years ago that was all about design and the authors actually refused to use the word design in it because they thought it would, it would turn people off. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think we need to say, okay, yep, here's, here's what design is. But essentially, you know, then, then use the word definition. You know, we need to define what the experience should be like in order to change people's behaviors so that they are doing the things that we want them to do. We want them to feel a certain way, we want them to think a certain way, and we need to define a journey that is going to get us to that point so that they're donating, so they're signing up for the run, so they're signing a petition, so they're doing you know, whatever, whatever it is that we need them to do. Uh, and so, 
so that that then you know quickly brings you into things that executives and stakeholders do care about which is metrics okay well we think by redefining this journey that we can increase you know xyz behavior by such and such you know percent or we think the three key um, moments of truth in this journey are here, here, and here. And if we can focus on changing the journey um, in in certain ways, you know, then you know we're going to be able to to reach our goals more quickly. And and the way that we're going to do that is by applying this design process where you know we we do customer research where we you know we we go through all of the the steps of, of ideation and prototyping and and all of that so so that you know we can come out the other side and actually measure the changes that we implement and so it's it's about not pretending that design isn't what it is but it's about kind of bookending it um, it, it, with a discussion that is in the language, in the in the frameworks that the stakeholders or executive team is, is going to be comfortable with and buy into. I, I could have used your advice a few years prior, so that <laughs> all those eyeballs just staring back at me in silence. Because uh, I was talking about exactly what you just described, but uh, it was that term "design" that people got tripped up, leaders got tripped up on. So. So, yeah, and and I honestly, I will honestly say that I'm a terrible artist, but I'm a pretty darn good designer. Yeah. Uh, just to just to clarify the difference between those things and get people to realize, like, oh, there there you know is a difference there. And and honestly, you know, for for anyone listening, there there is a lot of great um, you know information out there, um, you know, on design and how it connects to to business outcomes. Um, and and I I think a lot of this is geared towards the 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 for profit world. Um, but it'll it'll give you some hooks into you know how to think about it. And and I think that you know the IDEO shopping cart um, video is is a great one. I think it's like 15 minutes long, something like that. Um, and then also. I have to say Steve Jobs is my absolute hero mm -hmm. um, because he helped the world realize that design matters. You know, the, the design of the iPhone is what made that whole technology successful. And, you know, you, you heard executives in in every you know every sector you know every corner of um you know the the business world saying you know i want to create the iphone of health insurance i want to create the iphone of um you know building materials i you know and so you know people do realize now that that design is important um but again, you know, so so it's wonderful they 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 get that on some level, uh, but then they're also equating it to the aesthetics, and that gets us back to you know Steve Jobs wearing the black turtleneck, and it's it's aesthetics like fashion design and um, you know interior design or, or whatever it is. So you know there's there's a fine line out there for you know really embracing design for what it is. Um, getting people to kind of break out of their previous assumptions of what it is and then immediately tying it back to why this is going to matter for our organization. Well, that, that's it. It's measurement and metric. I mean, that is just as relevant for an awful lot of nonprofits, whether it's being able to report back to funders 
uh, about what's yeah. going on, uh, with dollars that have been invested in the organization or whether um, if there's a self-sustaining revenue stream, uh, you know, being able to report out on metrics of number of people served or impacted or whatever, uh, just like the for-profit world, it comes back to measure, measure, measure. Um, so. Every executive team cares about numbers. It would not be on the executive team if they didn't care about numbers. That is it. And so even if, if you're listening to this and you are a team member, manager, leader, staff, whatever your role is um, in a nonprofit organization, the, the person who is leading the whole organization, I guarantee she or he is reporting out something to somebody. And, and the, the way to position, it's absolutely critical to position your work is, uh, by better understanding through design uh, or better achieving better results through design and customer experience work and, and this whole field that we're talking about, uh, it leads to success. It should lead to better numbers or it's not really worthwhile doing, even though this is a very different way than getting to numbers in, in the way you would with a sales forecast. Um, it, it, it comes right back to the same place. And And I'll just add here that one of the reasons why I work in the field of customer experience is because I feel really great about it. You know, I, I love getting up in the morning and, and it does get me out of bed knowing that I'm helping organizations make their customers happier. And, you know, the, the work that I'm doing is, you know, Maybe in some cases it's bringing pure joy into people's lives, but I think more often than not, it's probably reducing frustration. Maybe it's giving people 20 minutes back to read a book with their kid rather than fighting with their, um, you know, uh, internet provider or, you know, what, whatever it is. Um, and so, you know, I, I personally feel really good about that. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm guessing that you probably feel good about the work that you're doing too. But when I put my consultant hat on, it's not just about creating happy customers. It's creating happy customers so that my clients can achieve what their organization is trying to achieve. And, and the happy customers, the happy volunteers, the happy stakeholders, um, you know, the happy patients, whoever it is, um, you know, in the context of the business world, it is getting the organization further along towards its, its objectives or its mission. And, and we can still feel great about that. We're still making people happy or relieving stress or frustration or whatever it is in, in the meantime, but don't lose track of, of the numbers. Totally. And, and actually that part about making, having, feeling good about your work and making people more happy and maybe even bringing joy, you know, if you're helping to get more people to a health clinic or to get more people access to scholarships or whatever it is you're working on, I mean, that, that's, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is because after 20 years in the world of technology, this world of customer experience, which is also many times interrelated with technology, you know, you're really helping. It's, it's, it's quite gratifying. Um, so, so I'm glad you tied that back in. It's absolutely key. This has been Social Impact CX podcast episode 34, which has been the second half of my conversation with customer experience expert Carrie Bodine. We've been specifically talking about the subject of service design, and, and Carrie is an expert in both customer experience work as well as service design. If you found our conversation interesting, you can find Carrie online at carriebodine.com and her Twitter handle is also 
at Carrie Bodine. Uh, if you have thoughts or questions after listening to episode 33 and 34 of Social Impact CX about customer experience and service design, uh, let us know. As always, you can ask a question or make a comment here at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at socialimpactcx.com. You can also find us here on Twitter and post a question. Our Twitter handle is at socialimpactcx. And, and also, please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. We post it all there. You can also find me on Twitter at the handle at John F. Corrigan. Uh, we've expanded where you can find Social Impact CX, and you may be listening to us from someplace like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Um, if you're listening to this podcast someplace where you can post a question or a comment, please feel free to do so, and we'll do our best to keep up with you and respond. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.